Oh boy, everyone, it is Hotline League episode 26. You're clicking the YouTube video, you're listening to the podcast, you're hearing it. My roommate's laughing really loudly outside uh, while I'm trying to start the show going. Uh, there's so much to talk about tonight because I am leaving Wednesday. We're just we're just hours out from my departure to MSI in Berlin. Oh my god, the groups are starting. Team Liquid's going to be there. Is Double F going to be able to pull something off? I don't know. He's going to be what we talk about for 30 minutes of this episode, because, you know, we're all biased like that. There's so much to talk about. We're getting into it. Hotline League episode 26 starts now. Hotline League is brought to you by... Omen by HP. And here we are. It is time. I'm joined by my co-host, my guest, everyone, tonight to talk about... So much exciting stuff on this week's episode. To my next to me, I think maybe you guys will see it on the left side of the right. So in this direction is Mark, my constant co-host. He mm-hmm. is uh, sold out. Uh, he's wearing an offline TV shirt from his former employer. He's wearing an Echo Fox hat from his uh, future former employer. We're going to be talking about that former. in just a minute. Mark has a very exciting Echo announcement. Fox. A Delta Fox analyst. Mark Zimmerman. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, we've also got Kelby May uh, below me, who is returning. It's been a bit, Kelby. When were you last on? Uh, I haven't been on for two episodes. Two weeks. That Three episodes, like a long two weeks. Time. Yeah. Felt real long. I missed you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I missed you guys. Travis, uh, when's your merch coming out so I can wear that? You got merch on the way? <laughs> Subscribe. I got that this uh, hoodie made. I'm actually curious if people want to purchase it, um, because if they do want to purchase it, maybe I will make uh, more of them. Uh, Mark, what's been going on with you for this past week? I got sick. Uh, <laughs> you just the-, the greatest thing about doing the show with you for the past month is like every episode you have some great news to share with us. Hey, guys, uh, not working at offline anymore. Oh, uh, yeah, I won't be going to MSI. Uh, this past week, I've just kind of sat around. Uh, now I'm sick. You know, it's just... I, I'm going to develop a heroin addiction. That's my goal for next week. Um, <laughs> just, you know, going to keep going down this dark path and see where it leads. Yeah. Ambitious. Well, I mean, I got a lot of free time, so. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Kelby, what's going on with you? Please, please give me more than what Mark just gave me. Uh, damn, I've been chilling. Brittany's birthday was this weekend. So we hung out and we did birthday stuff. Uh, um, and then, uh, yeah, that was, that was, <laughs> there's that was an interesting. It. So if you go to the YouTube, uh, videos for this, you can see, you can actually track like the drop off of when people are watching and usually the show starts and then there's <laughs> a pretty the big dip. <laughs> I didn't know she was watching. And then, Oh, Brittany was watching. Yeah. <laughs> There's a pretty big dip, and then and then it starts to come back after the intro, and so I'm I'm starting to realize people don't really care about our personal lives, and I no, I can't really blame they? them. They're not particularly interesting. No, I mean, did you just hear what I'm? I'm sick. That was all I did. I met up with some high school friends for the first time in three years. Like, That's they, cool. They don't care about any of that? No, no one cares about that. Have you been watching the show no. uh, MSI? No, oh, uh, a little bit on and off. Okay. Have you been watching? I watched, uh, I watched everyone freak out at the casters for missing a goddamn Korean solo queue Ezreal build. Yeah, the uh, fire them all. Bring me out there. The subreddit is uh, very aggressive. 
right now. And I don't, I don't know why. I mean, we had our own uh, situation this past week. We won't, we won't go into it because I like to sweep stuff under the rug. But uh, talk about Parth. What? Yeah, talk about Parth NATO, dude. Listen, I'm trying to I'm trying to raise funds, Kelby. I don't. Okay, I don't sure, sure. No more extra drama on this this week's show. Um, but <laughs> but I do feel like the subreddit is just out for blood, and I don't I don't really know why. I, maybe they're they're bored, or there's not enough content in a world where there's less interviews and highlights and big plays and an out team announcements. Maybe people just fill the subreddit with uh, anger and rage. Hmm. Uh, I believe it. I also think. I feel like a lot of them are just like butt mad about the game in general right now. You know, like how many complaint posts you see like top lane sucks. Oh, no man. one can carry anymore. I miss assassins. The jungle changes are dumb. Every jungle change you ever make is dumb. Never touch the jungle again in your life, Riot. Oh, and by the way, I hate casters. Just kind of gets thrown in there. <laughs> okay, yeah. While, it's while it's just like, like the kitchen sink. That, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The caster said something. Throw them in. Travis and Hotline League will throw that in. Yeah, exactly. uh, the spectators didn't the spectators get blown up? Like, oh, I the Koreans are so the much. LPL or no, it's the LCK. LCK, LCK spectators are so Korean much better, and everything they do is better, including yeah. their observers. Yeah, There's they just do have lo- some. I mean, like the thing is, like I see where a lot of the time they're coming from. So, like to an extent, I agree. It just feels like it always gets like super blown. This out is my thing. This is my thing. Like I don't, without going into to the drama from this past week. Um, you know, people were really upset with. I did a whole video if you guys want to check it out about like how Parth called in and how we handled that last week. And nobody ever goes into the comments and says like, hey, Travis, like love the show. I think that section could have been moderated a little bit better or uh, oh, wow. It was like interesting to see Parth kind of behave that way. Like I've seen him and and in TSM Legends. And so maybe he's a little different. It's like Parth, I've lost all respect for him. I've been a TSM fan for years and I've watched that 10 minutes and now I hate him. Or like, you know, Travis, I've seen that. I saw how you behaved in that answer. And now after watching every Hotline League episode, I will never watch a Hotline League again. Never again. And I will comment and dislike and and yell at you on every single video you ever do. You, I have, I have never voted in a presidential election in my life. I don't care what my mom calls me, but I will, I will be heard on this issue. And I mean, uh, so I know you're satirizing them, but it's actually pretty reasonable. I think I'm done with the show, too, actually. <laughs> OK, good. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're all done. We're all done. Yeah. yeah, I just there's no whenever an event happens, there's never like I've lost 25 percent of my respect for this person. I've lost like three respect points for them. You always lose all respect. You know, it's such a binary thing, the loss of respect. Well, if you uh, want to get upvoted, you have to be dramatic. Yeah. Uh, and like, I think there was good discussion in the Reddit thread about us. Like, I read that. Like, there's some points I agree with, some I didn't. Uh, and that's how it is with most of those threads. It's like, I see where you're coming from. A lot of it makes sense, but you're just like speaking with so much hyperbole that, like, I just, it's yeah. hard to get through. I've lost all respect for the NA spectators. I've lost all respect. All respect needs to become a meme. I've just, like, I've lost all respect for Ezreal's blue build. I don't know. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I am uh, moving. So after I will probably have one MSI after or sorry, one hotline league after MSI where you guys will see this place um, and then I'll be moving. I should probably hype it up for a, a hype vid or something like that. But I, it sounds like 
assuming everything goes well, I'm going to have a, a dedicated bedroom just for creating content. Uh, so I'll turn that into a studio. Mm -hmm. The Travis Gafford studio will be more real than it is right now. So uh, did you, pretty excited for that. Did you win that bid on that place in the Malibu Hills then? Yeah, yeah. We mean the place where they filmed um, Iron Man, Tony Stark's uh, place. Oh, I thought that was your second choice. Oh no, the first one fell through. Okay, um, okay. and so we're gonna well, that's go still to a that good one. one. Yeah, it's a little bit more modest than I think what yeah. we were seeking. Yeah. but it's a, uh, there's it's a, a nice, lot of clean lines. Nice there's a lot of clean <laughs> lines with it, which is what I like. How about. are we back on the personal lives? I thought we transitioned off this. How are we back here? Uh, I was making a joke. This whole everything about the show is just about my personal life. I mostly do it just to, you know, try to find a... Double if's not playing, time to talk about myself. <clears throat> well, uh, <laughs> I'm headed off to MSI this week. We're going to... We've got games starting on Friday. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about. Plans have been happening. Uh, Mark, how much of the plans... I, I will admit I have not uh, really watched the plans because I care more about who's getting... Uh, or who gets out than how it happens. But, uh, Mark, if you want to give an update or thoughts on any of that stuff, that'd be great. So I've actually mostly been watching for like meta and like that kind of stuff. And so sure. like I haven't really been keeping track of results because I'm usually I'm watching it like the next day during the rebroadcast. Yeah. And then I'm just like idly watching it on another monitor. So I really don't have too many specific thoughts. Like Gambit said that they would be a top four team in the EU LCS. That was funny. Uh, Supermassive looks pretty good. Uh, Japan still sucks and no one should ever get their hopes up for them for the next two years. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'll be willing to talk more specifically if callers you know bring it up. I'm also down to talk about that capture point. I know we don't want to touch too much on drama, but what uh, uh, what does the meta look like? Like, are are you predicting we see a very exciting like MSI group stage and uh, elimination stage, or are we are is it going to be dull? What do you think so far from what you like the gameplay that you've seen? I mean, minus like the likelihood that Korea is going to win it all, and like how dull you find that. I think. I think it'll be fun. I think more than likely, like the playing team who makes it, they'll be pretty crazy. Um, and North America people will care about that. Europe people will care about that. I'm really excited to watch the Chinese team play. So I think all the regions should have fun with the event. Uh, as long as like, I, I'm, I hope people weren't watching plans. Cause I feel like that will just like burn you out. If you're watching like two weeks of play-ins before finally watching the team you actually care about play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, I think, on League Weekly, where I I worry that, and and I kind of feel the same way I did last year in MSI when they did this, that I, I worry that they are somewhat, I don't know, like the, it's like, it's the brand the for... as long as the main event, almost. Oh, the plans aren't as long? Also, you're... No, they, they, they almost are, I said, like... Like it takes forever to get through the play-ins. It feels like yeah. Know? It just kind of feels yeah. like it weakens like the brand of MSI when it's like, all right, wake me up whenever the real MSI starts because it doesn't feel like it has. You know, um, yeah. at least that's how I feel. I don't know. I mean, Kelby, I assume that you don't. You're not watching until Peter gets on stage. Well, I got. I've been going to the subreddit because I've been like, I haven't been super closely following the schedule of things, so I go to the subreddit and I'm like. Or their games, and then I look at the list of you know the the results, the post game matches, and I'm like, I know none of these teams. Yeah, I don't I don't care when when are the real games starting. Well, the That's problem just, is, I'm a more casual league fan, obviously. But. Yeah, I mean the other problem is like a lot of the teams that you would like think you would know previously from other international wildcard plans, like half of them have new fucking names, like Pentagram, 
is the same as Rampage was last year, but they're just called Pentagram now. Uh, Rainbow Seven is the same team as Lion Gaming. It's like all the same players, but they just have a new name. So like to a casual fan who's like tuning in, like if they don't specifically remember the players, they're not going to remember like some of these teams, even though they've seen them before. I mean, I personally only care about top teams in the four biggest regions. So, yeah. Well, uh, we'll be getting to that finally this week, which is great news. And then uh, I guess the other thing that, that got announced that's interesting is we now know where summer finals is going to be. Uh, which is great, by the way, because, you know, historically, Riot's been uh, much slower on announcing the stuff. So congratulations to them. Uh, credit where it's to do. Are you going to do a whole video soon. congratulating them, Travis? Yeah. Congratulations. You did it. Um, <laughs> and so I, I I guess we can talk a little bit about that. It's going to be in uh, Oakland at the same place where the Warriors play Oracle Arena. So that's kind of neat. Are you, are you concerned about collusion at all, Travis? No. I am terrified. <laughs> Are you? Is there yeah, was there any like, conversation about that on Reddit? I'm just kind of curious. Uh, I think there were some jokes cracked about like home court advantage. Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, in a yeah. world where you tell your franchise sports teams like we're never going to use your venue if you <laughs> if you join our league, I think that's that's a tough uh, that's a tough sales pitch. So yeah, and it's the right time to go. Yeah, because like the likelihood Golden Guardians make the finals, you know, this is a good time for it. Oh, one other thing that happened is uh folks that can uh that want to this just happened i i just found it about it earlier today folks that want to go to the riotgames.com slash career section of the site they are there's now actually a job posting up for a head of business i believe let me see if i can find the exact titles but uh in in esports specifically so i think a lot of people have been a little oh yeah it's a business development lead uh for north american esports um, and so I think a lot of people have been disappointed previously with sort of the lack of sponsorships and um, the way that perhaps rights worked with partners. You know, it's been it's been a year and a half since the BAMTech deal got announced. So I, I'm excited to sort of see what happens there. I don't know if anybody wants to call in and have a conversation about that. Um, but it's it's good to see that in a world where I kind no of feel like Overwatch is. And- what? Is, is that the posting that calls for 10 years of sales experience? Um, or is that the other position? I don't see. Oh, yeah. You have at least a bachelor's degree and 10 plus years of experience in business development or sales, specifically targeting sports and or sponsorship brand deal experience. I'm sure I did a lot three of months, people watch Hotline League. Yeah, I did three months in Cutco. <laughs> I sold knives uh, for three months in the summer and I got an award for it. Do you think I should apply? My content has possibly, you know, even with no MSI happening or sponsor happening my content might have uh gotten as many sponsors as riots nalcs has this past year so jesus um, travis you have two sponsors uh well i have omen uh for this show or we have omen for this show wonderful sponsor shout out to omen oh yes right uh, i have omni slash i did a thing with rivalry um uh we did something htc esports at the end of last year um mobilytics before that so yeah quite quite a few brands um i don't know i mean kelby are you saying 10 years is too much experience to need like that's it's just it's just very interesting to me because i think anybody so like you'll get a lot of people with solid resumes and a lot of background but in my experience um i mean what you probably need is somebody with a rolodex right yeah but i 
So based on what I've seen, it's always very helpful. In addition to the Rolodex, you need to have somebody who understands the space really well in order to be able to sell it. And I feel like a lot of people, based on what I've seen through different sales cultures and companies I've been a part of, if you have that much experience, you may be a very competent seller, but the odds that you're actually an esports fan is not very high because you're probably older and have more professional experience in like esports just misses. So what if they paired uh, some like a, a person who has done like all these mega yeah. deals with somebody like like a Kelby May who knows how to sell esports stuff but doesn't necessarily have like the the top tier relationships with everybody. Perfect perfect pairing. Not okay. saying me specifically, but yeah, yeah. Somebody who has esports specific sales experience, I think is uh is the good combo there. Cool. All right. So there's something there. Well, hey, why don't we start getting into the calls? If you guys want to talk about MSI, if you if you want to say if you want to make predictions on how that's going to go, um, I think we'll try to do a hotline league next week. But if we don't, you know, like now's your chance to kind of make something happen. Um, or have an I tend to be nocturnal, so we can do it like a European one. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out. Um, but we can talk about that. We can talk about Oakland. Uh, we can talk about the sales stuff. We can talk about anything you guys want. It's hotline league. It's your show. Uh, so why don't you, uh, you guys let us know, uh, Mark, the you want to the spiel? Yeah. The way that you let us know is that we have a discord <laughs> and I'm posting it in the Twitch chat right now. Uh, you're going to want to join that discord. And then there is going to be, uh, voice channels called pleb calls and pleb calls too. You're going to want to join one of those. And then there's a text channel above it called plebs topics. And within that, you're going to want to type whatever your hot take is. So you think Oakland won't be that cool. You think Oakland will be the best venue ever. You're not looking forward to MSI. Whatever it is, give us your take on what you want to talk about. Not just the question or what the topic is, but actually your take so we can get a feel for what we're getting into. Because sometimes we don't know what we're getting into. Very true. Now, uh, for those of you that are subs, and there are so many of you guys joining right now, by the way, thank you very much. Uh, there is a subs topics section on the Discord. We uh, check that as well. There's a little bit less competition there with people putting in there. Their topics are hot takes, so there's a bit of an increased chance of getting a uh, call in via that. Um, so while Mark is uh, populating that, I want to do two things. First off, uh, I want to shout out to Crave Zero, who said good to see Kelby back. Uh, Kadalis, $40, who pit less than three. Real Foxy gifted a sub to Endercast, Berserker, The Starfather, uh, Jasset1, uh, Echo CD, Mr. Man3, and Xdobu. You uh, who have all subbed or supported, and thank you guys so much. Uh, if you, for those of you that are watching right now, if you, if it's not too late in your area, you want to stick around. I am going to stay on stream for a little bit afterwards, and maybe do an AMA and a hangout just to kind of help raise some funds for uh, my MSI trip, which will be starting shortly. Um, uh, Mark, I know normally you ha you pull a couple people in the waiting room, but uh, should we just start off and then maybe whenever we do the the sponsor break, you can you can pull some more. Uh, yeah, I have one guy ready to go, so let's do that. Okay, cool. Kelby, are you excited? We're going to do our first caller at yeah. 840. <laughs> What's that? I said we're doing our first caller at 840. If we want to talk about uh, Avengers and their... Hey, uh, we got Chris10227, who is on the show. Can I just call you Chris? Chris10227? What is it okay to talk about Avengers, yeah, sure. really? 
What's that? Mm, no, no, I was just making like a joke about weeks. the Fortnite thing. Probably the end you're, of You're interrupting me. We got to talk about Chris. We got to talk to Chris. Chris. You have to wait a month to spoil Avengers, guys. Yeah. A month? We're, month we're not going to spoil it. That. We're just talking greater about the Fortnite thing. Chris, can I call you Chris? Yeah, yeah, sure. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from the Caribbean. From the Caribbean? That is yeah. so cool. I I yeah. love it when we get international callers and and uh, I I gotta admit I don't know if I would have ever predicted it we'd get a a caller from the Caribbean. How is the Caribbean right now? Because I expect it to just be paradise. That's a misconception, but Caribbean's pretty nice. Which okay. I'm in Trinidad. I'm in Trinidad. Okay. Nice. nice. Very cool. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you want uh, to talk about on the show today? So I wanted to talk about. Uh, having like a team dynasty versus having like a rotating set of like champions. So like how TSM has a dynasty. Well, had a dynasty now versus every, every LCS having a separate different winner or in worlds having a separate winner every time. And what uh, do you, which one do you prefer? I, I think like, cause I'm a TL fan, right? So I think, when TL is at the top, I'd prefer having TL as a dynasty, but then <laughs> something like if I like when I dislike TSM, I'd rather TSM get toppled. So I just wanted to hear you guys take on that. So you're you're in favor of dynasties when it involves your favorite team. <laughs> uh, but when it's not your favorite team, you hate dynasties, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's I've, a double standard. I think that yeah, that's a it's a little unfair. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, no, I yeah. think I think regardless, I think regardless, it'll be nice to have a rotating set of champions, either okay. even if my favorite team is losing. I mean, in one way to relate this back to MSI is that we don't have SKT at MSI. Yeah, we, don't, uh, we don't have a dynasty this year for MSI. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's a, an interesting conversation. Glad to to have it in a little bit broad, more broadly, but also kind of kicking off of the. The MSI topic. Uh, so, Kelby, I don't know uh, if it's you or, or Mark, maybe that want to talk on this. Kelby, I know you've been a fan of of certain teams. I feel like you you tend to be interested in teams that have dynasties. Yeah, yeah. So, I what I think is that dynasties are good up until a point for build. Whatever is building the best narrative, I think, is really cool, and you see it a lot in traditional sports over longer periods of time, where you'll you'll cycle out through different periods in sports where certain teams are really strong and then obviously for that home area it's awesome for those guys but then when ever they're being challenged each year uh it's interesting for everybody else to see if they will actually be toppled and then when the fall finally does happen um or like you know when when the warriors blow a, a 3-1 lead to the Cavs, uh you know and lebron james like starts to make the push for like goat and stuff like that that's that's really interesting um I think that in league it's interesting because we kind of see not necessarily a team dynasty, but a region dynasty. And a lot of people talk about like, is it problematic for the viewership of the game at the international level when other region stands a chance? Um, and I think that's kind of valid because ultimately I do think you want to have at least the impression that somebody can be beaten it's good for narrative otherwise like if this if the story is spoiled for you it's less interesting right um and then but yeah i think like some if if teams are winning and they're doing a, a lot of good creation around their winning like tsm has done in north america specifically then i think it's tr strong for a region but i also like you know the fact that 
Uh, along the way, we did have CLG and C9, who are other big brands winning as well. And uh, obviously now we got TL in there, but it would be... So did some? Did I say something? No, 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 Chris. I think it was just moving his mic. Yeah, Chris. Oh, okay. Um, oh, and then it, it would be problematic, though, in my mind, if we achieved a state of. I don't. Know, I actually don't know about how I feel about like full parity. If that's like where everyone is equal, you're saying where any yeah. anything happened. Yeah, because you end up in a world where like it, nothing matters because any team. Like it's all kind of up in the air, and there's not. It's kind of hard to create a storyline out of like right. randomness, right? Well, anybody think, could win. Yeah, yeah. I think the problem with the anyone can win narrative, specifically in league, is that they basically play like one to two tournaments a year, mm -hmm. uh, interregionally, and so like you don't have enough data points to actually even ever make that argument that like any team can win because like one team will win half the international competitions because there's yeah. two. Whereas like in Melee, to talk about that scene, when it was like 2013 through 2015, it felt like, you know, everyone had like their different peaks. It was like he was dominant for three or four months and this guy was dominant for six right. months. But it felt like anyone could win. And those tournaments were so fun to watch because it was like, wow, that guy just popped off this tournament. That was really cool. Yeah. But they had tournaments, you know, all the fucking time. In League, it's like you would never even know if you're in a pair, like a state of parody. You just I mean, don't have enough data. So that's at the international level. At the yeah. at the regional level, like it is fair to say, I think that TSM had a dynasty for quite some time. Um, and I remember at a, at a certain point in time, I started to not root against TSM, but hope for their loss because uh, I just got tired of like, and another yeah. time in TSM one, like. Yeah, that is yeah. what made the CLG win in 2015 at Madison Square Garden, like such this epic moment in yeah. League of Legends and North American history, because you saw like, like you almost had like the opposite of a dynasty with CLG who under mm -hmm. Kelby May's leadership just lost a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and as soon as he left, you know, like things really turned around for that team. So the very next split in fact, yes, yes. So, so it created such a good moment. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I think, it's the type of thing where I don't think you ever want a dynasty to continue for too long. Uh, like I think right. if uh, League of Legends ends and the Korean dynasty has never really been toppled and it's just sort of like, yeah, if you look back, like Korea just pretty much wrecked the entire time. That's kind of a bad feeling. But in a world where you do see, uh, you know, like a North America or an EU, uh, especially one of those two two regions, I think topple like a, a, a Korea in the end of the at the end of the year and, and worlds or something, that's going to feel like mm -hmm. such an epic moment. I feel yeah. like it's important for China to win. Yeah. Cause China. they're the biggest player base region. Yeah. I think good game back to the regional point. I feel like a degree of dynasty is good because it gives like players a, a real chance to like build their legacy, um, which I think is important. But I think if there's like this weird balancing act between like being dominant in a good way and being too dominant and making it not fun. And it felt like, like the TSM with double lift was like probably going too far in that direction where like if he came back for another split and they were like, yeah, we're fine winning an A and that's that, that was their approach. Then like, I think you would have started to, to like run that risk in North America. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. I was fine with that though. <laughs> I haven't yeah, like, like you heard Chris saying that kind of yeah, is yeah, just yeah, about yeah. like, are you a fan of TSM? Great. Sure. You probably don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Conversely, you end up in a weird situation where, I think a lot of people expected, I think viewership outperformed expectations this year for the finals because 
you didn't have a TSM in the, the finals, right? Like I've heard some rumors that if you pull North American League of Legends fans, 50% of them say that they are TSM fans. And so in a world where like 50% of the, the fan base is you know, so used to having their team play and compete in the finals year over year after year, and then you suddenly give them a finals where they're not in it, like that could potentially be disastrous. So I actually think dynasties right. and like the fan base that can be built around them can be detrimental from like a business and health standpoint because you are because of like the bandwagon effect and people like cheering for winners like you're creating such a uh unfair distribution of like fandom and and interest into this one team yep yep so uh, i don't know chris uh do you have anything else that you uh you think of the the narrative or sorry the conversation around dynasties and all that well like i think ultimately so what you just said is also i think it generates a lot of a lot of interest when two teams that are not normally in finals play too so yeah yeah i um, think that's cool i think that there there was a lot of it was cool to sort of see like what would happen in our world where uh tsm wasn't just there to take the win so that's fair it does build kind of like a, a counter narrative as well so hey chris i want to thank you so much for calling in it was really good to hear from you and thanks for calling in all the way from uh the caribbean Thanks for calling in, Chris. Okay, he, he took off. Um, <laughs> hope he hope he didn't feel like he had to uh, uh, get disconnected himself or anything like that. Um, really quickly, uh, Mark is off collecting uh, our next victim candidate, depending on if parts on the show or not. Um, hey, I want to give a second to shout out uh, our sponsor, our partner. Uh, as I mute Davidson, who just joined the channel, um, and Omen by HP, they are the proud supporter of this show. I, I hope they're proud. You know, I this show. There's a lot of craziness that happens until so, we know, hear otherwise. They're proud. To, until we hear otherwise. They're <laughs> proud to support the show. Um, I, you guys have heard me talk about Omen by HP. In fact, uh, they've been doing so much cool stuff in the esports space for so many uh, years now. Uh, basically, ever since they really started. Uh, you know, kind of creating their brand and their voice and, and who they are in the space. They've known they wanted to be aligned with uh, discussion around competitive uh, competitive video games. Um, and so not only have you seen them sponsor things like Overwatch League, but uh, they, you know, they sponsored CLG. That's an announcement that came out recently. And, and this today I was I was filming something at a, a studio nearby and somebody just turned on uh, the Omen by HP Twitch stream, which you guys can uh, check out over at twitch.tv slash Omen by HP. And they had uh, the dojo, the Omen dojo going with Stixay, who was giving lessons on on how to get better uh, as an ADC. So, you know, they've been doing all, a whole lot of cool stuff in the space. Uh, I am leaving with Broden on Wednesday to MSI, as we've discussed previously. We'll be traveling with uh, Omen by HP gear. Um, similar to what Mark is holding right now. I don't think we'll bring a keyboard, but he's got a keyboard in his hand. Um, <laughs> which is, it's a little dark. You can't tell, but it, it's, it is. It is. Um, not in there anymore. Mark tries to help with this stuff. I'll um, try to help. You know what's like, I've been sick. This has been great about keeping me healthy. Yeah. It's not going to be an official like uh, usage of the product, but it really helps with my sickness. <laughs> Anyway, so we'll we'll be traveling to Europe uh, and we'll be doing all of our edits, all of our production on Omen by HP gear. This is streaming off of an Omen by HP uh, computer, Omen by HP monitors. What I'm looking at, they, they, my point is, look, I use their stuff. They don't tell me that I have to tell you that it's great, but I actually 
I've really enjoyed all the stuff that I've used by them. Uh, their stuff is great. And one of the cool things, by the way, is I've seen a lot of people tweeting at me, uh, specifically saying, like, I got this laptop uh, because, or this notebook, because of the support of Omen by HP for Hotline League. I got this monitor. That stuff is so great. I appreciate it so much. I uh, I just want to say thank you so much to them for supporting the show, for allowing uh, Mark and I to have a uh, financially profitable endeavor. And quite frankly, like, their support um, of shows like this is sort of what allows me to stay independent and and take uh, risks on things like MSI. So thank you guys so much uh, for uh, supporting Omen by HP. Thank you so much to Omen by HP for the support. And uh, be sure to check them out. You can check them out on Twitter, on, on Twitch, and elsewhere. So now we move on to our next caller, who's Davidson, who is a uh, frequent uh, caller into Hotline League, who is up early his time. How's it going, Davidson? It's going good. And for those that don't know, do you want to let everybody know where you're calling from? I'm calling from Sweden. From Sweden. I remember Davidson. Yeah. Davidson's cool. Davidson Dude, is I great. Because Davidson likes NA, man. Yeah, he does. He's a big North America fan. <laughs> well, I don't know Europe. how much you guys will like oh, Davidson after this shit. Oh, no. Davidson, Davidson, do you need what to, are you about to do, dude? Davidson, do you need to drop we out? Is such that, a good relationship. Are you having technical issues? I'm super scared. Okay. It's not about uh, NA being bad, but more about EU being better. Oh, what? That? I don't. It's all relational. Davidson, what do we, you want to talk about on the show? We today? accept that because eventually those EU stars come to NA. So yeah, eventually. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Continue. Uh, this is we just look at MSI really as a scouting uh, opportunity mm-hmm. for North America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. D- Davidson, what do you want to talk about on the show today? So, <laughs> so I think this year's MSI will be the starting point of uh, EU contending for number one in international tournaments like wow. Worlds again. Wow. Okay. Again? You're throwing way back, by the way. We're yeah. going we're going yeah, back no, to like season, season one, two and season one. Yeah. <laughs> I would say season two like uh Dude, I watched the season one. I was so hyped for that. Okay. CLG if CLG EU beats Frost in the semifinal like, I don't know. Or if they won that OGN, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Which I they were up 2 0 and crushing game three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, anyways, they, I think they were in contention. I think they yeah, were yeah, yeah, in contention. contention. I, I love Davidson because he's just got, like, he, he wakes up early and you're up. He's like, all right, there's that North America show. All those NA guys are watching it. Time for me to call in and set the record straight. So, why Russell's do you think, uh, why is Europe going to do so well? So. Uh, especially because it's Fnatic that's gonna represent uh, MSI at this uh, uh, at this year. So they had a lot of time to gel together, and we saw uh, at this World Championship uh, last year that it kind of fell apart. They kind of got it together, but they weren't a total team. And we've seen now in the spring uh, splits that they have uh, really worked out their macro issues, like Reckless have talked about with caps uh, not being able to uh, play side uh, side lane and so on and i really think this makes them a really strong team and with them getting exposure from better teams and or international exposure i think they can bring that back to uh, the EULCS and uh, especially to lost uh, next year's franchising that will bring together a lot of talents into really good teams so so why wouldn't it make more sense that if EU was to to go forth and have a a dynasty or a competition to to be you know number one or or consistently number two that that would happen next year when we have franchising take place? 
So I think me saying that it's the start of it, I think it's just this going to be the jumping pad. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, franchising will just be another step uh, upon it because I think there's a lot of really good talent in EU, but they are so mich- mismatched. They are so just spread out, uh, so like inconsistent teams, but with such great players. So I think franchising and new uh, teams will really pick up on that and see what like Schalke did wrong this uh, uh, split and so on, and uh, work on that and improve on that. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this, Mark? Uh, I think I agree more with the second half of the points with regards to like the infrastructure stuff and yeah. potentially franchising helping out a lot. I have a hard time believing like this tournament will go better for Fnatic than last year's MSI did for G2. I think that is basically as good as it could possibly go. Um, and I don't think, I don't think Fnatic will, will have the same results. Why not? What's the difference? I think just with how G2 was a little bit more... Well, one, I think they got kind of lucky to get there with... Uh, didn't they have to beat Flash Wolves, right? And China know. lost to Korea, if I remember. Well, yeah, regardless... Like that, yeah. yeah, regardless of that, I think... I, I liked how, how G2 played. It, it was less... It felt like less unidimensional, uni where it was like, hey, Perks is pretty good, and Sven is good, and they have like a lot of different people who can pop off. And then here it really, I know caps is good and I don't want to put any hate on him, but their, their play style is so clearly like the reckless show. So, uh, I, I don't know. It just feels like, especially with how many teams run through their 80 carry right now, plus the meta runs through their 80 carry for Fnatic to beat RNG and King zone and, and like that kind of stuff. That means that like, literally you're going to say that they're going to play around reckless better than these other teams are going to play around their 80 carries, which I don't think will happen. And if it does, then like massive hats off to them. Uh, I can see them doing well. I can see them doing better than North America, but I, I can even see them potentially doing as well as G2 did in the best case scenario where like they make finals and lose to Korea. But I don't think it'll even be that good. Davidson, how well do you think EU is going to do at this tournament? If Even if you're saying it's, it's sort of like the jumping pad or the, the launch of what, what will happen next year, like, what does that mean for Fnatic at this MSI? How, how well do you think they'll place? So I think they will only lose one game against the... Uh, wait, it's not Kingzone, right? Yeah. It's in, uh, name, yeah, Kingzone in the groups. And they will go to five games in the final. Okay. But you think they'll I lose? Yeah, uh, I think it's, it's, go- it's going to be a really hard series, so... So are you saying that, does that mean you think there's a chance they could win MSI? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, so Davidson, can I ask you a follow-up? He said question? they're going back to number one international. All the way to the, all the, way to the top, Travis. But MSI they is... They have to win. Uh, MSI is easier than the world's zone. Start somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Davidson, can I ask we? you a follow-up question? Please do. So you had said that you thought that there was a lot of star players in Europe, but that they were scattered across, mismatched, right? Scattered across different teams. They might be hard to detect because, you know, like they're they're on different teams and they're mismatched. Could you give me a list of some of these names uh, 
for these players. I just I have an internal Skype group that might be interested. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. But I think the, most of them are on the contract right now. Yeah, yeah, we'll work that out. Uh, just I need I need names. Buyout numbers are oh, good as well. I'm not worried about the money part of it. Yeah, contracts doesn't matter in uh, America. I just remember. So I've got a news about it as well. Um, <laughs> no, but a place like Upset, that uh, uh, place with place like Nuketuck, they have just mm -hmm. proven again and again that he can't really perform at another level. Uh, and a mid laner is crucial to to a team to perform. Uh, if you want more names, I gotta pull up team names no 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 i'm i'm so i'll ask a serious question off of my meme question yeah. if if fanatic let's say fanatic does do very well they do well at msi and they i'm not saying they win but they do well um and then they go to worlds and let's say they make semifinals or maybe even they make finals um but they do not win do you think that fanatic retains 100 percent of its roster Because <sighs> what really you're like... saying for the for this thing to build out and for EU to be a contender, they've got to stop bleeding talent to NA, which is our favorite meme. Or do you think that it doesn't matter that they bleed talent to NA for this yeah. to happen? Well, because there's franchising, right? But is, does franchising change it, actually? Fra franchising doesn't necessarily mean the salaries between the two regions lies. Yeah. I I feel like it will, because I think that the people... Okay, first off... Like, uh, I think a lot of people question whether or not mm -hmm. the value of franchise, like if, if EU LCS teams should be should be sold for the same price that any LCS teams are. But it definitely in, should not be in a world where they are going to be, which is, is apparently what Riot's asking. Um, you will have a lot of people that will come in with a lot of money willing to pay that. And I don't think that they're going to turn around and say, like, well, I'm not I'm not in I'm. I am okay with the talent that I have or the talent that I want to procure uh, going to North America. I think those people will happily spend an extra hundred grand per player, 200 grand per player to make sure that those players don't go to North America. Is this also assuming that in North, like, we will not see a decrease in salaries in North America next year, which you think, I think we're going to see a decrease in salaries in North America. I think year? there's a possibility because I think you saw like a pretty big bump as all these guys were coming in and then trying to secure yeah, themselves. To double right year over year. Uh, I don't know. I, there's not enough information out. I think to say it. Sure. But. Sure. The rumor is that it doubled. Yes. Moore's law. Right. I think I heard yeah. something about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's interesting because when franchising happened in NA, salaries doubled. Do we not think that salaries will increase in EU? Yeah, I think that's what I'm saying is I think salaries will increase in AU and we might have a world where NA, where NALCS salaries either stay the same or decrease and you might end up in a world where there's more parity here. Um, I still think America is a better country to live in than anything in Europe, so maybe they all decide to do that. Uh, but that would be for different reasons than salary, right? So, yeah. Well, certainly then Germany where the... Oh, sorry to our German... Just kidding. Germany is really sick. <laughs> Yeah, going to Germany. If they, had, if they had it in Sweden, actually, yeah. and no, like no bias, just uh, to our caller, but I like Sweden a lot. Sweden. Davidson, actually, it's a fair question. Do you think that uh, Europe, European franchising, will sort of keep your talent in Europe and not, you know, heading across the Atlantic? That was the question. 
Yeah, I just came up yeah, with it. I think it. it will prevent it a lot, uh, of course, because they get no, uh, more pay than... There's not really any other reason to go to NA right now, because the solo queue isn't so good uh, in rumors. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. yeah, for the weather, but, you know, you play computer games all, all day, so you sure. really go out. So in a world where salaries are close to equal and you know that you have a better chance of going far in worlds than you do in North America, maybe Europe is able to retain their talent. Uh, I th but I think this salaries uh, uh, depends on uh, what soccer teams and so on will be accepted yeah. to the LCS and how many and uh, how little, if they're going to go the same way as they did with the NBA teams or not. Yeah, just like four, or they, they will go like full NBA and full uh, soccer, and you know, fanatic maybe or Origin, maybe another big one. Yeah, we don't know, but if major skyrocket and players will come back, or players are too washed up because they're playing in a silk, you I don't know. <laughs> they come back <laughs> and they struggle. We ruin them in North America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. perhaps, perhaps. Well, hey, yeah, Bjergsen's yeah. terrible now, dude. <laughs> Thank you so much, Davidson, uh, for calling in. I really appreciate it. It's always great to have you here. Uh, and I no no ill will uh, based off of your controversial opinions. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks dude. Yeah. Content, dude. Yeah, have a good one. Have a good day. All right. That'll uh, be super interesting to see, actually, I think. Yeah. What happens if French... If, is, is it 100% that it's happening? Yes. Or is it just rumored? Yes, it is, it is happening. And they, the rumor is the price. If if the price is going to be the right. same, because they, I don't think they've come out and said it, but uh, I think it's probably pretty safe. It's hard to imagine. Like, I I I do not personally think that a NALCS franchise slot is equal to an EULCS franchise slot for yeah. a number of reasons that are not necessarily related to the skill of the players or anything like that. It's just like market no, forces are different. And yeah. and so it's it's hard to say, um, I don't know, but I, I think it doesn't matter. Like if if you are running EU LCS, it's probably hard for you to say that to yourself to say like, well, mine is maybe only worth eighty percent of the value, or seventy five, or ninety percent. Like right. you probably want to say, no, no, we're the same. You know, it's just a it's an interesting thing, especially if that that gets out. Like it just it's a weird situation. We got a Death Reaper 33 on the show. Death Reaper, where are you calling from? I am calling from Regina, Saskatchewan. From Saskatchewan, nice. okay. Uh, Canadian Hi. caller. What how are you guys doing today? What do Good, you want? How are you, man? I'm doing quite well. What do you want to talk about on the show today? Uh, so, originally, when I was going on, I wanted to try to discuss whether or not this MSI could really impact TL's success for the summer split going forward. And then when I was thinking about it, I kind of started to flip-flop on my take on what I was thinking. So I wanted to more put a question out for you guys to get your opinion on it. Uh, just based off, I know for most, because I'm more into traditional sports itself, that uh, going into, uh, say, a tournament or anything like that, uh, where you have a lot of success riding into it and you come to fall flat, either by getting knocked out in the group stage or even going further uh, it can really dampen the mood and kind of set you back going forward just because you're not gaining that, uh, I guess, peak success. Uh, whereas even if uh, you fail at the beginning, 
there's a little bit less pressure going forward uh, into the next season where it's not the expectation like, oh, they got the semis, oh, they got the finals, they're going to blow the water out of everyone. They're, we got our 2018 summer split uh, NALCS champions here. So I just wanted to figure out uh, what you guys thought on possibly the fact that they may either go very successful or very poorly and how that could impact them going forward into the next So if it, the idea is if TL loses dramatically, that could be better for them in summer split because there's less pressure and less hype um, and maybe exactly. more motivation. Whereas if they like kill it at MSI, uh, they might stumble a little bit in summer. Exactly. Yeah. If, because the way I think of it is sure they might have some success, even if they get through the group stage and they make it to the semis, but I feel like that might just overall cause a little bit more pressure going into it. I noticed like at the end of the split this season, uh, teams like TSM, they were definitely coming on as of late. I mean, they got knocked out in the playoffs, but I don't know if you play that series five times more, if they're going to get knocked out, but I still feel like hundred thieves is an up and coming team. I don't know if perhaps, uh, teams such as uh, I can't think of them off the top of my head that uh, clutch gaming. I don't know if they're going to be up at the top, but I still feel like uh, for them, they have that added edge right now, whereas they lost in the NA uh, playoffs. But if TL has that extra expectation to succeed now, because they did so well in this tournament that it might come to fight them in the end. Right. I think no matter what MSI will negatively impact Team Liquid's performance. Uh, so, like, almost every team that goes to MSI and competes, like, feels like they always have a bit of a come down when they come back um, into the summer regular season. We saw that last year, and I think two years ago as well, for the most part. Feels like just the fact that they're playing longer, they're more focused on competing, uh, and the other teams come in more fresh during the summer split often leads to like a bit of a downtime because you are taking that time off when other teams are, are ramping up as well as the fact that if they do poorly, maybe they lose some confidence. If they do really well, maybe they're overconfident as well as the fact that I think a lot of te- like, I think a lot of teams will do well in summer split. Like I think TSM will bounce back pretty big. I think hundred these will still be good and all that stuff. So I think no matter how you slice it, like TL will look worse in summer, regardless of whether or not you are really going to fault MSI for that. But, yeah, I, I don't think, think I don't. I don't think I don't think they ever come back from MSI, and they are greater as a team for the experience. Most of these guys have had plenty of international experience. Do you think they're not better long term from the experience? Right, like uh, that short term you stumble, but yeah. Well, so like I guess if he's saying for worlds, then maybe maybe like or if for summer MSI. playoffs, right? Like you, wow, like they did okay at MSI, but look, Team Liquid is like middle of the pack by week. Or week five, but then they like go on some win streak, go off to playoffs and get like second or first, you know? Yeah. So I think potentially that would happen as well. But I think in the short term, I don't think there's any way that they come back from this and it's legitimately beneficial. Um, so I guess it depends on the time frame of the question. So, Mark, I, I want to go back to your question just or your, your statement just a second, but I also want to get Kelby's uh, stance first. Yeah. I think that it is. So, what you're talking about is contextual based on the team and in my experience from what i've seen and managed and all that good stuff is that younger teams 
tend to be more momentum based and will have higher highs and lower lows based on performance at major events. And experienced teams tend to be more even keel. Team Lookgood is a very, very experienced team as far as like the players and how much they played internationally and been in the league and stuff like that. So I think that it probably doesn't affect them dramatically either way. Uh, whereas like when we saw C9 come into the LCS and they were all really young, those guys were untouchable for a period of time and they just rode their momentum really hard uh, for the first couple splits that they were in there. Um, and, and, and you can do that with, with a younger team. So I, for personally for, for TL, I don't, I don't really see it as having a big impact on those guys, especially like knowing some of the personalities on that team. They're not like, like Ole and Doublelift are probably the most like erratic personalities on that team. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So do you think, sorry, Kelby, the end result here, you don't think that going to MSI will have much of an effect on them either way? Yeah. If anything, I think it's probably, unless like they have a spectacularly poor performance, I think it's a slight net positive just because they've got, you know, a little bit more experience together uh, for, for synergistic reasons. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I don't think it's probably has a major effect. Just like I don't think it would have a major effect uh, probably on TSM or or something like that. So, Mark, the follow-up to your statement, which is that, you know, it might be, at least in the short term, like a, a net loss for them to to go to MSI regardless of what happens. That implies that going to MSI is something to be avoided because you're not well, you're not gaining anything from going. I mean, other than international success and more fans, arguably, like, mm -hmm. you know, I think I think it's seemingly I would say proven, but it's it's been a demonstrable effect that like you come back from MSI, you have uh, usually two weeks to get ready for the LCS and you haven't had a break yet. So those teams usually go on break during like the first week of that. And then you're going into, you know, the new split with one week of practice sometimes. And as well as the fact that you might just be more burnt out uh, in general. Like I think you, you do tend to see teams sl start slow after international competition mid mid season. But if so, your goal is to go to worlds and perform well there and MSI can lower your skill set or your, your capabilities a little bit, um, then it seems like, MSI might be a detriment to that plan. Well, I don't, I don't think it would like long, like I said, I didn't think it was a long-term question. I thought this was saying like, this will help them in summer. Whereas like, I don't think it will help them in summer, really. but it might not affect their world chances. Yeah. I think like if you go out there and you make finals and you go and put out a great performance or some shit, then like when worlds comes around, maybe you have a little bit more confidence in yourselves. You've been there before mm -hmm. kind of thing is that, as that roster, maybe, maybe you can talk about that effect, uh, but there'll be a different meta. The things you learn from your last international competition in terms of in-game stuff might not be super pre prevalent. Like, are you burnt out from this? I think like Kelby was saying, it kind of does depend on the team. I think long-term probably net slight positive, assuming you don't just get shit on. And then short-term, I think it's only a negative. Yeah. Death, do you have any, uh, does that, is that a good satisfying response to sort of your, your thoughts on this? Yeah. Like I, I guess I could see exactly what you mean by that. Like I don't foresee them to do like spectacularly or not. I don't foresee them to win at all. Um, so I guess I can see in the fact that, 
there is some positive that you did at least make it there. So there's something to hang your hat on, but I know they're not going to be satisfied with just going there to play and that it does uh, take a lot and it's mentally taxing for them. So I guess, yeah, it was a satisfying enough answer for that. Yeah. I think I think for NA as a region though, like expectations are so tempered that if if TL goes and they have any sort of success, it's it's just good for the region as a whole. And if they do poorly, everybody's like, "What are?" Do you feel that way? Because I actually I feel like this year for the first time, it's really neutral. Like oftentimes when TSM goes, people hype it up a ton. Uh, Whenever CLG went to MSI, like people downplayed and they were like, "Oh." uh, Stixit came out and said, we think we're the second best team here. And I was just like, oh, these guys are a wild card team, essentially. This year, I feel like, and maybe I've just missed the conversation somehow, no one really knows what to expect with Team Liquid. Yeah, but based historically on NA performances, like if Team Liquid does poorly, everybody would just be like, oh, it's NA NA International. But if they do well, it's like, ooh, nice, very nice. Wait, what is it like? Oh, nice. Very nice. Like CLG didn't have real expectations. And I don't think TSM had real expectations last year either, uh, where it was like, oh boy, turtle, here we go. I thought people thought TSM would outperform G2. uh, Maybe outperform G2, but I don't think there was like much hope of of really doing well. And then that's our benchmark for success. Don't you know? Okay, sure. So like, but I, know, I, agree. I, I think agree. after the planes, after the planes where they got taken to five games by uh, Gigabyte Marines, I think everyone was like, "We fucking blow." And then people saw Gigabyte Marines were in like complete shit. And then there's a little bit more confidence. And then like in the group stage, I don't know if people remember, like Trick looked awful. He was like running around on Nunu and shit. And people were like, "All right, maybe." Yeah, maybe they kind of had a too. comeback story. Yeah, and then and then they actually did really well in the knockout best of five portion. So like, you know, it, it was that was that was a weird MSI, but I think. For for a while now, I think the general feeling has been like, hey, if we get out of groups, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Well, hey, I think we do need to move on, but I want to thank you so much, Death, for calling in. Oh, thanks. Uh, do you mind if I make a quick shout out to one of my friends that's listening right now sure. or watching, I guess? Sure. Hey, Mohammed, uh, thanks for watching. Yeah. Thanks for calling care, in. Guys. Yep. Thanks, man. I like how he's like shouting out. It wasn't like, hey, dude, what's up? Talk to you later. It was like, thanks for watching. Like, thanks for tuning in to my call and the Hotline <laughs> League. <laughs> my audience. All right. Uh, all right. We got. Uh, where were we? We got some people. We have, we have a caller. You, That's where we are. We're, need to catch up on these, Mark. Um, look, I'm, I'm happy, though, because we've got the Jamie Dodger on the show. Jamie Dodger. Jamie, um, is it Jamie? It's the Jamie Dodger. Yeah, Jamie is okay. <laughs> what do you want to talk about, Jamie? You've never heard of Jamie Dodger before? No, what is it? Yeah, they're they're British biscuits. British I had no biscuits. Clue what that was either Travis. I'm. Is it? It's okay. Is Excuse a my uncultured friends. Is Dodger a biscuit? Uh, the Jamie Dodger is. Okay. So you can't just have a Dodger. It's a jammy Dodger. Is it like a pronoun? Because I assume that a jammy Dodger is like a a Dodger that you've like put a lot of jam on. Like this is that's just one jammy Dodger right there. Like you go to jammy Dodgers. Oh, man. 
No, it's uh, it's like a brand. It's like a packaging brand. Oh, okay. So, so it's, it's like, like you can buy a pack of you it's buy like a pack Kubler of Jammy Dollar Tees. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Girl Scouts. Uh, and why did you decide to make your Discord name this? Uh, my name is Jamie, and the, the joke is that it's like the, the Jammy. All right. Well, I feel less bad about calling you Jamie. Jamie. Hi. I think I probably know, but I'll ask anyway. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from the UK. Whoa. I, I would have thought uh, Th Thailand. Um, no, J Jamie, what do you want to talk about the show today? Uh, I want to talk about how, uh, obviously, yesterday someone posted up an Inbin article about uh, Kings and Dragon X and how, once again, Koreans are hyping up other regions. And I just want to kind of get your guys' opinions and thoughts on how every single international event Koreans come out with these interviews saying how I don't know, like TSM is going to perform, or or how Fnatic is going to smash everyone, or something like that. And how much of it is just them being polite, or like you know, the, the people the need to know there's Korean. a difference between what Koreans yeah. say and what they mean. Um, <laughs> the Monty tweet, yeah, yeah. And if there's any truth to it, or if it's whether whether it's just teams underperforming and not meeting the expectations, or them just being polite. I Which mean, what was sorry, sorry? I'm on the Invent website. What what was the interview headline? Because I missed it. It was the interview with Kingzone Dragon X. Okay. It was the uh, I believe it was Sin was quoted saying that uh, the gap between other regions this time around is not as big as it was in the past. Oh. Which yes, we've all heard before, uh, specifically yeah. from the gap is closing, the guys. Gap is closing. So can I share an opinion? That's what all the show runs on, Kelby. No, Kelby, sorry. No opinions allowed here. If, if you're only, fight, only facts. If you're a fight promoter, and let's say you're representing Conor McGregor, right, or Floyd Mayweather, one of the one of the greats or something like that, right, and you're in your prime, you're going to – whoever your fighter goes out against, they're going to crush them. Uh, your opponent that they're fighting, you want to get the most views, the most sales possible, right? Is it a good narrative – to say that their opponent has no chance or is it a good narrative to say that your opponent is good and this is the guy that might do the upset you know like they're they actually have all this strength blah blah or something like that that's what korea is doing so they're, first off they're putting out fluff pieces about other regions that they know are weak just to make it seem like there's some chance so that their victories that they know are assured are greater than they actually are so that the Korean narrative continues about how they're gods when really they're just shitting on all the, the little kids who have no chance. So first off, Mark, for some reason, it's like he did. It's like when you I don't put, know, dude, like I thought it was an Internet thing. When you when you open your phone camera and it's actually on selfie and you're just like, oh, oh that, what is that? Uh, that's no, what Mark know. is experiencing. Uh, right now. I had my, nothing changed. I just switched to my 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 laptop webcam. Well, uh, just tell the, tell the Skype to use the other one. I'm. Thanks, fucker. I never used to do it before. <laughs> I don't, we've got we've got a guest on the show right now, Mark. Can you show a modicum? I'm not the one of... trying to give tech advice to someone who's grown up on a computer. Right. I mean, that... this is what you guys get for using Skype, really. Yeah, yeah. Listen, no, it's true. You, Jamie <laughs> yeah. Dodger Biscuit Boy. I don't need your sass. Okay, I get enough for Mark and Kelvin. Sass him too. So, so I'm not. I'm not saying that that is actually necessarily a hundred percent the case but korea does have a selfish reason to make other regions look better than they may actually be 
Yeah, I think I mean like the Conor McGregor stuff. Like they're usually like shit talk a fair amount too. Like, oh, I'm gonna break yeah, your yeah. face so bad you won't recognize. I don't know why Conor McGregor. Like I, well, they said for that's the opposite, right? Um, well, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Is like there's not as much of that from the Korean side, oh, so yeah, it's yeah. not quite hyped up the same way. But I think to Kelby's point, like I don't think it does anyone anyone any good to just be like, yeah, I think there's an insurmountable gap between Korea and the rest of the world. You might as well not even tune in. Uh, yeah, yeah, like that doesn't get anyone hyped. Uh, plus, if they do lose, it just makes them look even fucking stupider. So they do. Yeah. They, go, they go for the Korean, the most Korean, the safe play. They go for the safe, efficient play so, of respecting your opponent. I honestly like. I know that that is such the easy thing to believe, but in talking to these guys, like I will ask them off outside of the interview. The interview ends. I'll have said that. And I'm just like. Why? Why do you guys always say this shit? And that's never true. And they always honestly believe it. At, at least that's the vibe I get from from the several well, players think- I've talked to. They honestly do feel like, and I think it's because scrims happen, shit like that happens. Everything looks uh, like it's a little bit more close until people actually get into it. We've heard time and time again that like TSM and, and teams like them will just come in and like destroy everyone in scrims. Uh, Peter has told me before that uh, about times where they're just like rampaging against like top tier teams like SKT. Um, and then obviously like everything falls apart on stage. Now I know they're scrims, scrims don't matter, whatever, but I can understand why in these experiences you end up with uh, teams that are hesitant to come out and be like, well, once again, Korean will reign supreme. Uh, you know, because if you're getting, you know, cramped on by I think- North American teams, like you're probably more likely to say this. I think it's also the kind of thing where like individual skill in League of Legends is really, really hard to define. Cause like, I think at this point we all accept the fact like for the most part, North American players can decently lane all right versus Korean players and they don't get smashed in lane. And then it becomes a team game and like your individual skills in that team game begin to shine and things like that. And that's, I think that's where a lot of this comes from is like, and I don't know what the Korean perception is of North American players, but I think some people think like, oh, my God, the Koreans are so much better. They're going to destroy us. And then it's like, no, it's not quite like that. Like the first 10, 15 minutes might be close and then like they'll make a bunch of good plays and stuff like that. So I think it's maybe them kind of saying like, no, he's a good he's a good individual player. He does fine against me in lane or like sometimes they beat us in the early game and stuff like that. And then like scrims almost never, never get to like a legitimate on stage people are approaching these situations the way they would on stage. No. So you never get to see the actual skill difference in scrims. Like that just never manifests in scrims when it's about barren vision control for the next 10, 15 minutes of, of the scrim. It doesn't happen. And yeah. so you don't get to see that. Scrims historically play way bloodier than stage matches, at least when, when I was managing teams. I don't, yeah, I've um, heard that before. Well, case, until every now and then you just hear the, the two teams that are like, we scrimmed each other all week and it would just be like nine and oh by 10 minutes. And then it'd be like the opposite. The next one, like if it does feel like, um, like sometimes you just get like really weird one sided stuff anyway. Well, e- even when it's close in scrims, it's not close. Like it is on stage. It's like, Oh, they traded a lot of kills. We're like, when it's yeah, close yeah, on yeah. stage, it's like, wow, what great vision play and rotations. And it's like, yeah. right, right. Scrims don't play like that. So, so we should stream scrims and ignore tournaments because it's much more exciting to watch. Dude, thank you for finally getting on my page, man. Scrims, that's scrims that's are since really 2011. Scrims are where the hype is. Somehow read between all those lines I said to find my true message. Listen, Mark, I've gotten 
there was a time where I just sort of took you at face value. Now I've started, I've kind of got like the Mark whisperer thing, you know, like I hear what you're saying. And when you say like, um, everything was great at offline. I love all those people. You're really like pokey is the worst person on the entire planet. I, I get it. I now understand. I get it. Yeah. And, and the best part is if we stream scrims, people will actually think TSM and these North American teams are good because I they mean, win some of those. I think, I think we figured out the solution to our problem. Uh, Jamie, make, make NA win by, by streaming this scrims. By, by deleting real much. competition, <laughs> by getting rid of the onstage play. I'm sorry, Jamie, do you take issue with this? Seems like you might <laughs> be a little EU biased. Like maybe that's why oh, no, you don't like I'm, our genius idea. Oh, you're a big NA fan? I, I ditched e- watching EU in about season two. And All right. Hardcore. We had a place in our heart adopter, <laughs> You a used man to be a fine taste and ahead of his head of the meta. I'm happy mm-hmm. that we have a replacement for Davidson as our uh, <laughs> our trader, our EU trader for the show. Hats off to Jamie. Who's your favorite NA team? Uh, currently, Team Liquid. Currently, is that are you? Is it like a bandwagon thing? Not so much a bandwagon thing. I I followed uh, Double Lift when kind of a long time ago with CLG and watching him like panic kill people on Vayne for ages. And when he then when I he knew got, I like, like this whole, guy. The whole backstab arc, you know, played out like an anime main character. Yeah. Kicked off of his old team by his best friend. Yeah, the franchise TSM. that he built. Yep. Yeah, dethroned his old team. I thought it was it was a beautiful story. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, very good. But I, I, I do want to come back to when when Kelby said then about uh, uh, the Conor McGregor style, kind of Koreans hyping them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's if it's necessarily in their like in their mindset to to hype people up like like, like Travis was saying and like talking to them outside of of camera shots and stuff like that and, and talking to them one on one. You look at players like Khan that have no filter, and and he just straight up was quoted saying, "All top laners are going to kneel before me." So like, I, I think I, I'm with the kind of idea of of these Koreans actually do think that that there is a chance. Yeah, and to be clear here, I don't think all Korean players are of the same attitude and mentality, yeah. personality, right? It's not like when you look at Khan and you can. You can pretty tell how Koreans are. Um, but yes, I do think that what has surprised me in the past is that, that tr- oftentimes uh, you have Korean players who are very vocal um, about and very confident players will still give credibility to uh, North America or Europe um, in a way that they uh, you wouldn't expect. And I, d- I don't think that is because they have been like trained to say nice things to help build up a match or to try to get any fans or anything like that. I think, I think oftentimes the majority of the time, uh, perhaps it's for other reasons. So yeah. Uh, Jamie, anything else you want to add here? Uh, I kind of just want to say that I'm, I'm really looking forward to this OSI. Uh, it'd be really interesting to see all like the, obviously seeing double lift against, against prey and reckless. And, reckless. and, people, and of yeah. course, Uzi for the, for like the first time ever winning is winning with, his LPL title, finally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it'd be really cool to see all those ADC screens. So, yeah. Jamie, I want to thank you for being a sub because I noticed you're a sub uh, on the show. So thank you so much. I actually subbed uh, during your AMA the other day. Oh, thank you. You, know, you need that uh, that uh, MSI scroller. Yes, so. yeah. Thank you. It's it's <laughs> yeah. helpful. It's going to be expensive. Anyway, thank you so much. <laughs> all right. So uh, thank Mark, you very much, guys. Have a yeah. good one.
Thanks, dude. Mark, what? don't escape yet. Don't escape. How come Should EU callers are my favorite callers, dude? I don't. I mean, Davidson said stuff you didn't you want to hear. America. I don't think that's the case. I we need to import NA, EU callers too. Well, you want to open the borders, players, up, Toby? Have EU we callers. had more? You want to open the borders? Is that what you're saying? Have we had more international callers this show than we've had North American callers? Uh, yeah, especially had, if you count Canada. One. I don't. Have we had a single? What about the Caribbean? Is that? Yeah. Have we had a? Is Caribbean US North call? American? No. I, I mean, Trinidad and Tobago is not a U.S. Let's, let's move on no, before we embarrass ourselves. No, but like, well, we have Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico's U.S. territory. Mr. Man 3 has subbed. X Dobo U subbed. Uh, Surubix uh, 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 resubbed said, I wish for my $5 to go to Travis Gafford Gambling Fund. Bet on 17. That weird dude, 25. Recursion TV. Swaggy Boog said $5. That's for the tweet back about buying the Owen by HP monitor today. Thank you so much, Swaggy Boog. Uh, thank you for the tweet. That really helps. That's my jams resubbed uh, who's for four months, and he says four months of mistakes. Elephant uh, Ryan subbed Authority 7, and David Murphy, uh, Valvo Man, Jedi Mace, Sable Flag, four months excited that you'll be at MSI, KW Salt, 500 bits. Fenron Jenkins said 500 bits and says, can I touch Kelby's hair? Yeah. Which hair? You, you, caught, you caught who sent those bits, right, Kelby? Wait, who? Fenron Jenkins sent five hundred. Oh, dude, Fenron! Holy shit! Fenron Jenkins, my boy, dude, friend of the show, and noted strategy. What is it that genre called? Grand strategy. Grand strategy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's pretty much like one of the best Total War Warhammer two players in the world. Yoni, who is a a friend of mine, helps me with some stuff. Uh, he just messaged me and I just linked him to the stream and then he immediately subs and says, Travis, which interview are you most looking forward to MSI? You can't say double lift. Peter Pang's interview. I'm very excited about Peter Pang's interview. I think that'll be good. That'll Is that Gabe laughing at your joke? Because that was a bad joke. No, that, no, that, was, my, that was my wife. Okay. Oh, thank God. That was your wife? Not yeah. laughing at Travis's joke either. She's watching. She's watching something. What, what is, is she it? Watching? She said it's so funny. Share it. What are you watching? Share it with the class. Okay. What? You can't. You can't say it's something. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. Don't worry. Is it? Is it? Is it like a GIF? Is it easily shareable? No, it's like some docudrama. Oh. She's well, laughing at docudrama. No, I don't know. I'm I'm getting it wrong. Apparently, get her on the show. She's gonna I'm call s- it. I said Brittany. I'm sorry. We're gonna watch the whole hour show together. So yeah. I was just joke. looking up who Trinidad and Tobago had been sold by and yes. stuff like that. To the surprise of many, yes, Kelby does have a wife. He found someone to marry him. Um, we're not sure how much he's paying her. Hit streak. Uh, hello, good to see you. Uh, all right, we Are got we ready. Can yeah. I get? The next oh, call? I thought he was a caller for a second. Next call. Next call. The greatest sale I ever made in my life. Oh, she's also in the, Kel, Brittany's in the Twitch chat and she's explaining. She said, I'm watching a YouTube video where a doctor reacts to House MD and I'm dead. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Brittany, for calling for clarifying that. Brandonian, is it Brandon Brandonian? You've called in before, right? Uh, I haven't called in before. No, I but I've seen I you before. Like you... How do you Sorry, how do I say it? 
Randonian, you got it this okay, time. Okay. I've subbed before, and you tend to get my name wrong. But okay, well, listen. If I if you hadn't subbed all those times, maybe I wouldn't have got your name right this time. It's it's not a problem. Let this be a lesson to everybody: sub so that I get your name right when you finally get. Uh, what do you want, or where are you calling from? I'm calling from Orlando, Florida, Florida okay. man. And uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Our first American caller, right? America. I don't. Know. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, so I was selected to talk about like the blatant gap between like a lot of the play-in and wildcard regions, and now like what the major regions are. So NAU, all that fun stuff. So are you talking? About, sorry, are you talking about the gap between the play-in teams and the, I guess, main event teams, or are you talking about the a gap between all the play-in teams and each other? The plan teams and the major regions, so those versus those. Okay. So NA, EU, Korea, LPL, like all that. All right. So what about it? Um, I think it's going to be a lot less competitive between those teams now and the major regions than it has been in the past. Why? Because I mean, normally everybody says that wildcard teams are not going to be very interesting, and then you have some really interesting moments where wildcard teams come in and surprise people. Really have like a better record than um north america sometimes like what what makes you how do you why do you feel this way well just from the showings so far they haven't looked super great obviously and then on top of that i think a lot of those regions right now have been kind of unstable you have like normally in the past you've had gam and stuff like that levi's come to na um just little things like that that i think will just kind of take them down a notch so it's not going to be like that those cheesy strategies you see that are just going to be like huge upsets because of like crazy mechanical plays off of like a cane like at worlds versus imt for example what about like uh gambit i think gambit's still actually they're probably one of the best one playing teams if not the best right now um because they've got a ton of hype, I think. I think about them. they have the best chances. I, I just think they just still don't have much of a chance, is like Gam did. Like Gam just was, I think there was a little bit something special about them. Sure. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, Gigabyte Marines, to be, to be clear for those that don't, don't know. Yeah, I think uh, it's tough. I feel like once, like there's always one or two wildcard teams that are like, respectable not quite like they're like you know an upper team they, they would be an upper team in like uh a region like ours or something where like you know they'd be a fourth place team something like that um but i don't I, I think there's just such a big gap within the wild cards themselves is like the bigger problem because if every team was super massive or every team was gigabyte marines or every team was albus knox whatever it is like I think it wouldn't feel quite as bad, but like you spend this whole time to get to like the teams that you kind of already knew were going to be the best of those. And like, like you get a surprise every now and then, um, but it does, it does feel, I think a little weird to spend a week to get to that point a little bit. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like the, the regions themselves just tend to be less competitive. Like um, gigabyte Marines was just, in a more competitive re large region because i remember seeing some like infographic talking about like the size of regions and like how large vietnam was too so you'll get the like a lot more of those kind of hidden gem talent players like levi again 
that just kind of show up and just surprise everybody out of nowhere. Um, and I think overall, like those regions, like within their own competition, they're just more competitive. So the level Ooh. of play becomes a little bit higher. Right. Like I think you can look at Turkey, um, like the TCL, you can look at Vietnam and maybe uh, the CIS region. And like those are the three regions that generally do well at international co competitions. And like OPL always sucks, LJL always sucks, the LATAM regions usually suck. So like it does feel a little, you know, bad to, to constantly see those kind of competitions going on. Or at least, at least for me, because like it's it's a lot of the same players. I think for the most part, like you're seeing the same guys pretty often. Yeah, like I said, I just think that's part of like the large populations, like that, like are in most regions. Like you have Korea, obviously, that has like a huge player base. Like even their solo queue, you get pros from from the LPL playing on their server, you have pros from Vietnam playing on their server, so on and so on, Taiwan, and you're going to just have like a larger number of players playing against each other, scrimming against each other, and just getting better together, which I think is just like kind of another reason EU and NA kind of just always falls a little bit short, not necessarily just solo queue, but scrim-wise and whatnot. Mark, do you think that we'll see a time where these regions start to kind of feel as competitive as some of the other ones. Yeah, I can believe it, but it feels like you have to, I feel like you can kind of just tell based off like those kinds of other factors that Brendonian was talking about with like, like what does their scene look like? Do they have like a real functioning scene? Do they have like large player base numbers and things like that? And do like our our orgs really invested on and like running this like a actual you know business Th those kinds of things really i think can help you kind of tell like which of these are, are really competing well and i don't know i think like the lms is another region that does, does all right um and i think they'll get there and i think this international competition stuff helps them um but it, it feels like we're constantly picking the same kind of pool of talent pretty consistently yeah with with the exception of when gig when a uh, gigabyte marines kind of like exploded onto the scene for a year, yeah. I don't know, Kelby. Do you have any thoughts on this? I unfortunately cannot contribute much in this department because is I it because they're wildcard regions? regions? Yeah, I don't watch those regions. Tough life, Brandonian. Yeah. Any additional thoughts? Um, I was kind of just kind of it's kind of piggybacking off of like the last caller a little bit. Um. And just like how like NA is like memed by Korea, but I don't really think it's necessarily a meme. I think we're just kind of slower as a region to like adapt. So like even like internationally, you'll see we'll do very well week one, but then week two teams adapt to us and they whoop our ass, yeah. um, put it lightly. But then like you have regions like EU that'll kind of make it out of groups and stuff like that because... They, they kind of adapt. And I think that's a bigger part of it. Um, not consistently make out of groups and whatnot, but they'll do a bit better than NA, just internationally speaking. Right. And I think part of that is goes back to like that whole topic of like NA just likes to kind of recycle a lot of talent or we're pulling from EU talent. So we're not testing enough. So I think what like NA would have to do to kind of compete as a region would 
need to kind of risk losses, like risk a lot, like not maybe placing first, second, third, fourth, like in during the regular season to actually develop talent as a region. So it's like you risk your team's name in order to make the region better in a way. That makes Uh, sense. The Golden Guardian strategy. Actually, though, in a way, like um, until now we have, I mean, they're recycling a little bit now. We have Mickey back and stuff like that. And he like 50-50 Mickey and all that. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much, Brandonian, for calling in. And thank you also for being a sub. We've had two subs in a row. Uh, but really appreciate your support. No problem. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Mark is so quick. Mark like wants to get through these calls. You can tell he's hopping into the next call. Uh, Boba Cola gifted a sub to Luna Bumblebee Tuna. Thank you so much. And Real Foxy One gifted a sub to Hard. Thank you so much uh, for the subs. Uh, we have, I believe, our next caller coming in any minute. Kelly, what's going on over there? What's going on in the bay? Are you muted? Did you mute yourself? You're muted. I'm sorry, I muted, my, I muted myself because Brittany was laughing a lot. Oh. Tell Brittany. Can we swap Kelby out for Brittany? I wish. I've been asking that for years. You can. Just even as a friend. Do you want to? Um, let's see. I think it's we'll, a little late in the show. We'll get, well, let's see what caller. At some point in time, we'll get a caller. Well, we, how about we just start the next episode with her instead of Kelby, so we get her whole episode. Do it, do it. Con is on the show. Welcome back, Con. It's been a bit. Oh uh, yeah, it has it's okay. I'm always here, loving the show. <laughs> Where are you calling from again? Uh, good old Idaho. Idaho, that's right. And what do you want to talk about on the show today? Well, I was talking about just. I've always been pretty. Not negative at Riot, but pretty tough on them, and especially the NALCS and how they're handling things. But I'm kind of giving a lot of calling to give them praise about the Oakland thing and how they handled it. One, so what is exciting? What is exciting to you about about that? Well, first, like this is just like I don't live near Oakland, but just checking like plane tickets to you know San Fran and Oakland today, and even hotel prices, like they're a lot more affordable than like a lot of the previous locations. And also, I was, you know, what I liked was it was, you know, somewhere different. I know a lot of people were piggybacking on the idea that, oh, NALCS is played in California. Why is it always in California? But as somebody who's moved from like the East Coast to the West Coast, I like don't I know people over there don't understand just how far away these places are. Yeah, I mean, uh, California's fifth largest economy officially as of this week. You know that? Uh, in the world. Yeah. Yep. So, like, I think Riot made a smart choice. They they said things earlier. I think there was a lot of hate that, like, I understand the Midwest. Midwest deserves something here. Like, they should have got this one. They should have gotten one time something. But, like, the South, you know, the West Coast or the Southwest really hasn't gotten anything since, like, Las Vegas. Am I wrong? Uh, well... They had they've had multiple finals in L.A. Uh, all Stars is at the NALCS studio. Um, I mean, NALCS is there all the time. Like, I, it's hard for me not to feel like uh, the West does get a significant amount of stuff. I, I It's interesting. So you're you're the take that it's good. First off, I think it's great that they announced it early. I'm happy that they chose a arena that has like 20,000 uh, people in it. I I don't know. I have mixed feelings about the Bay Area situation. Like, 
I think, granted, they are IMs, but IM had a hard time uh, selling right. arenas with league stuff in that area. I think it might be harder to fill those seats than people expect. Uh, so yeah. I am a little worried about that. Um, and I don't know. Historically, I think, Bay Area events for esports, like attendance, has been pretty poor. Yeah. And that's my concern is it's weird because you would expect it to be good because you've got a bunch of like tech people in the area, but for some reason, they just don't really show up. Um, so I don't know if that's because like the demographic is not there. Um, maybe, you know, like it's, it's, it's more of like a college age group that's like driving ticket sales or whatever, but I am a little nervous for this event. Um, and I also like from, from visiting Oracle, like Oracle's a pretty old arena. To my understanding. They're literally replacing it next year. I, I don't know. I just, um, I'm not as hyped about, about summer finals being there. I'm just happy they announced it. And I'm happy that's not in a small, I'm happy it's not in the NALCS studio. Con, you said some people were hating on it. Like I, I didn't see much of that. So like, is it that prevalent or in like, what were their points? Well, the there was just a, I mean, the Midwest has a, a, a severe kind of gripe to it, but there was a lot of people oh, yeah. like mentioning like, oh, they're never going to do something in DC. They're never going to do something in like Detroit. They're never going to go to Philadelphia. <laughs> and it was like, you know, as somebody who lived in, like I li- lived in Pennsylvania for, you know, 17 years. And like, I, I live on the West coast now. Like I live right on the Idaho, Washington border. Like Seattle for me is like six hours away. If I like took that six hours where I lived in PA, I had like 10 major cities within six hours. Yeah. So like for people in DC that complain that like, oh, we never get an event. I'm like, you guys had plenty of like MSG is closer to you than it is for like, if it, even if I got like a Seattle, Vancouver event. Yeah. I, I guess that's, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I, I am less sensitive to the people who are like, wait, there was in a big event in Florida. I want to have one in like Georgia or whatever. I do think Texas is due for one, but um, again, yeah. I kind of said this on the show. Like I've heard rumors that there's like tax complications with riot holding events in Texas and that makes it actually much harder. I, I've never heard any more details on that. I've just, it's like a Chopper rumor in the thread that announced this event said that again, that like Texas is just, I guess a bitch to set things up for. for oh, he actually said it. Well, he didn't say they're bitch, but like you, you can read it. He said like due to tax slash laws, it's hard to do it in Texas. Yeah, he, he made it pretty. He didn't even know that he said Texas. He just said some Midwest states, but it was pretty obvious that it, he meant Texas. Yeah, it was. It was in the Reddit thread. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it wouldn't surprise me based off of the stuff that I've I've heard before. I can't I can't find it at the moment, but I believe you. Um. So I don't know. I think Texas would be nice. Um, I'm happy that Canada got some stuff. I think it'd be cool to go back to the Midwest. Like a Chicago could do it again, potentially after they had a, a world's event there. So I don't know. I'm like 50, 50. I would love to see it in like a St. Louis or somewhere like when I think Chicago, it's Midwest, but that's still not like, like if you said, if you said like Chicago is Midwest, there's like a lot of people in your Oklahoma's and your Texas. What about Boise? Oh, that's, Boise. that's, that's like not even North. That's Northwest. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I was thinking, because isn't, no, whatever. But also, I, don't think, I just don't think people on the East Coast realize how far some of these states and cities go. Chopper said, uh, for some of the regions being mentioned, there are some tricky tax and legal challenges we need to work through. For others, it's a low number of venues that can add all of our technical needs and meet our tight availability windows. So uh, I, I guess didn't explicitly say Texas, but you could you could somewhat imply. I don't know how MLG used to do it um, over there. Maybe they had some other deal. Who knows? I, I know that 
sometimes taxes and legal stuff can get really complicated. But um, Hitstreak, who is a friend of the show, is in, in Twitch chat right now. He's building up uh, Bay Area, saying, like, there's so much to do in the Bay Area. And I guess I didn't know this, but Oracle's apparently been recently renovated. So maybe that will be um, a, a hype. Maybe it'll be better than I remember from whenever I am used to be there. So I don't know. It's uh it's an interesting topic though, and I do appreciate you calling in, uh, Con. I'm curious. I'm just really curious to see how it sells out because, as as Kelby says, uh, Bay Area events have been hard to make happen. But for all the people that are like, I would have flown, and I yeah. I can't fly. Like you can fly here. You can fly into the Oakland airport. You can fly into SFO, um, and you can go to this. So uh, maybe I'm sure it's a the event still sells out. Like I'm pretty sure this. I think this event will sell just because I you know. IEMs for some reason like small international competitions like IEMs, Rift Rivals, even MSI a little bit seem less major than NALCS finals or EULCS finals. I think the third and fourth place match will be really tight if there's not a popular team there. Like if TSM makes it to third and fourth, then I'm sure a lot of people will show up, but imagine a world where there's no TSM. Like I this has always been the problem with these bigger venues is that you can't sell out third and fourth place match, generally speaking. And that's like a, a pretty big financial cost, I think. Well, I think the yeah. third, fourth place match is the stupidest thing, right? They have for these LCSs. I'd rather them host like Academy Championships on the other day. Oh, oh that's a great way to make sure nobody shows up. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Yeah, but no, I, I agree. I don't like third, fourth place match either. Yeah. It's for uh, championship points. Woo! Whoa! And then the, everybody I, cares so much. Yeah. And then the last comment I'll make is based off the last guy. And he, he was pointing out that if you take away C9, Wildcards has made it out of groups just as many times as any other NA team has since the adoption of the new group system if you take away C9. So maybe we aren't that far different than they are. Well, why do we take away C9? Yeah. What are you trying to do here, Con? Hey, if you take away the successes, you only got failures. Yeah, but those reasons all get one team when we get three. Hey, don't don't be rude to the callers, Mark. Sorry, there's multiple wildcard teams. We're gonna we're gonna go parth on this bitch right now. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, We We got three. Cod, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And thank you again for always hosting this. Good luck in MSI, Travis. Yeah, thanks for being a, a Twitch sub and a mod. Appreciate it. Here's what you can do. You can email me a paper, <laughs> and if you want, we will publish it, and we'll talk hey, about that's why the wild card. What? Hey, that's an amazing amount of work. All right, if Parth is willing to read a, a whole thesis on something. 5,000-word like minimum. I would not read anything by anybody. I don't even read books by like james joyce or anything I don't, yeah. i'm not gonna read here's the thing i want you to, to i want you comment. to i want you to narrate your paper i want an audio oh i would audible it there's traffic yeah donkey punch dan resubbed for five months thank you so much and blue j 1344 uh subbed for two months and says it just keeps asking me to share this so i guess i guess that's nice of you uh thank also, you also so for the record i'm on part side even though I'm making jokes. I would like to say, by the way, uh, some of those might, some of you might have seen I did a video. It's on the YouTube right now talking about how I'm going to MSI on Wednesday. I don't have a sponsor for MSI. Um, so I'll, I'm covering it, and it's fine. I, I can do this if anybody wants to help support. Uh, there's been some very, very generous people, uh, Hitstreak being one of them in the chat right now, who have helped uh, pitch in to support and help 
lessen the blow for, for me so you guys can do that. And I'll stick around after the show is done for an AMA and maybe uh, some call-ins and stuff uh, uh, to kind of help continue the fundraising drive. Irish Blizzard is on the show. Uh, he's also a sub. I'm, I'm a little worried uh, that the non-subs are going to riot soon. But uh, Irish Blizzard, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm from, I'm calling from Cornell University. Oh, I've been to Cornell. <laughs> yeah? Isn't that in Ithaca? Okay. Am I wrong? Oh, it is, it is. Oh, it is. Okay, sorry, you kind of cut out. Uh, what, what, Irish uh, I just have to, I just have to point out the fact that you didn't tell us the reach and you had to let us know that you were calling from an Ivy League university, just, which I, I love and appreciate about you. Hello, I'm calling from my PhD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, you should, it, like, I want somebody to call in sometime, and their their name on Discord is just like uh, Juan Julio PhD or MD or whatever. You know, just yeah. flaunting this. We're, we're, listen, Irish Blizzard. I hope you feel comfortable. This is a safe space. We only want our callers to feel comfortable. Uh, what would you Unless like to gonna write a paper, which is perfect for an Ivy League? What would you like? Yes. What would you like to talk about on the show today? My topic was about constant changes in video games. They're kind of a double-edged sword. He's, he's cutting out for recent, me. He's yeah, he's, uh, the recent changes in what? Outs in video games. <laughs> recent, what in video, re, what what in video games? Your, your microphone like picks you up late, so why don't you start with a, like an ah uh, to warm your microphone up. And then... Uh, so I wanted to talk about patch notes in video games. <laughs> okay, okay. That worked. Keep talking. Put the off first. I wanted to talk about how they're they're both good and bad for the scene. Okay, just you you have to go all at once. Just say it all. At, go. Um. So I think that they're good and needed for the video games to keep them fresh and like to make that people still keep playing the game to like traditional sports lots of it so so you think it's good sports. to patch your it sounds like what you're saying it's it's good to patch uh frequently because it allows esports to stay fresh and engaging mm -hmm. in a way that traditional sports doesn't yeah ex exactly okay but were you gonna say the downside is that what well, well, what's the downside because there's no. a downside right kelby start the discussion Wait, no, I have to know the downside because he says good and bad thing. But what's the downside? That is that it affects the staying power of individual games. Like League of Legends compared to Dota. Oh, God. So <laughs> continue, continue. Well, that like it's hard for a casual fan to stay. Stay committed for multiple years. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about this a bunch because of they patch too frequently in League of Legends. You're saying they're both too. games, okay? But he said League of Legends versus Dota. Dota's on a two week patch system now, too. Now it is. That's my point. Is that yeah, like I yeah, thought yeah. he was praising Dota, which has a more or used to have a, a more infrequent patch schedule, but now it's on the League of Legends sure. schedule I because think... Dota 2 copied everything League of Legends did. Yeah, yeah, I think even with the uh less frequent patch schedule as a casual fan com especially compared to traditional sports and we've talked about this you're you're absolutely right that it is way harder to follow we've talked about this on hotline league before we're like 
I ran and watched scrims and had a very good understanding of the competitive meta of League of Legends when I was running CLG. And then when you when I transitioned out of the organization, stopped watching less, didn't play the game, especially when you don't play the game. Although I didn't play the game, but like I was watching so much, I essentially played the game. Um, like it's so hard to like have the same appreciation I find and like me watching League now is not as fun as when I played the game. You know what I mean? It's not it's not the same viewer experience. Maybe it's because I played the game before and I had the understanding and appreciation of like understanding a game at a high level and then really understanding the nuance between what's happening on screen. But uh yeah, like you watch football is the same fucking thing if I watch it now and I haven't watched traditional sports religiously since high school. Um basketball, baseball, it's all the same. It's super easy to pick up. Uh and yeah because traditional sports operate under a different business unit than video games do. Video games are not there to make money from their esports properties. They're there to make money from their player bases and sell units and microtransactions. So of course those spaces operate differently. Esports is the marketing component of these titles so that you can get viewers more engaged in spending money on the game. And hopefully one day, the blizzards and the leagues and stuff like that are may, are hoping to make these esports ventures profitable in and of themselves. But up to this point, they've just been marketing vehicles. Um, so yeah, since since the revenue from the game is driven based on interaction, keeping things fresh, continuously producing new content, that keeps the player base engaged, keeps them spending money at the same time for the casual viewing experience, as you've denoted. Uh, it's much harder to follow and keep up compared to the traditional sports viewing experience. And that is probably, if we're taking the next step further, as we've extrapolated, the thing that keeps, in my mind, in my personal opinion, keeps esports from reaching the same level of cultural pervasion and relevancy that traditional sports has because it is as hard to have as wide a pool because ca following casually is just... So difficult. I have something to say, but I think I might sneeze. Go for it. Okay, let me try without sneezing. Uh, I think the other thing too is that like sports don't really get outdated, whereas games get outdated. Like, yeah, graphics look like shit. Like, and people, as much as they like to pretend they don't care about it, they do. Yeah. Uh, and I think baseball is getting outdated. Baseball is getting outdated because attention spans and the actual. Well, that's an not. example, though, right? Is that I do think like. In in comparison to something like baseball, you can update the league or you can update games frequently enough that the moment that your audience like the the trend towards Battle Royale right now is a pretty good example. Like mm -hmm. all these people mm -hmm. didn't have like Battle Royale yeah, became super trendy and now you're you're everybody's getting into it. It's a way to save a game. Right, but that's that's happening on such different time scales that I don't think it's quite fair to compare them. Like that's the problem fair. with baseball is like people literally just don't watch it anymore. It's not like baseball fans moved on. It's like they're not generating new baseball fans because it doesn't appeal to the current demographic. Whereas like what happens in, in, in video games is like league fans became overwatch players. And then they became this other thing. Like the, the, the fan bases actually shift around as well as like, sometimes they just grow up and, and move on, but you always get supplanted with new players. The problem is those players don't necessarily go to your game and then that kind of thing. So like, it's just happening on a, such a faster time scale where like graphics matter, gameplay matters, like you said. So like, I think regardless, even if you made a game that didn't patch, like Melee is unbelievably unique, but like, I don't think that's at all uh, like a replicatable esports ecosystem where it's like, yeah, we're just going to make one game 
and that's going to be it. And we're going to like do really, really minor balance changes for the next 15 years. Um, and I just don't think that would work with how the video game, like Kelby was saying, marketplace works because it's yeah. not it's not like sports yeah. fundamentally. Hmm. It's like yeah, like yeah. I, I Nintendo don't. Nintendo doesn't give a fuck about melee. Yeah, and even if they did, I'm not sure it would it would have helped the team. Honestly, yeah. they probably would have fucked it up. But like, I don't think you could take League of Legends and say we have a great core gameplay here. We're gonna stop with all the balance changes. We're just gonna let the meta settle. No one's gonna bother to touch this game and i'm sure that like that'll be better for the casual viewer because while i think the the frequent patches does hurt them it also keeps the player base fresh which is important whereas like if you just don't touch the game people are just going to move on and then the the scene will die uh hit streak uh links uh an mlb attendance article and says mlb attendance has stayed relatively flat since 2006 i don't know if It'd be interesting to know if MLB viewership has stayed relatively uh, flat. I do know that what hasn't stayed flat is the average age of an MLB viewer, which is getting older and older and older. Like, and that's not great because your audience is aging. And not, not to tangent too hard on this, but a lot of the Nielsen ratings and those things are hot garbage anyways. Um, super hot garbage, man. Super fucking hot garbage. And like when you factor in it, like even if you do generate new young baseball fans, they're not watching on cable, which is how they're getting this. And they're probably not even paying for MLB network on online either. Like people just bootleg streams all over the place. Like when I hit 22 and I was still watching the NFL, I didn't have cable. I didn't pay for shit. I just found bootleg streams all the time that were fine quality. So like, it's actually kind of hard to tell exactly. Yeah, there's actually the about 170,000 people watching the show right now. It's just people don't want to watch. They just they're bootleg streams of Hotline League mm-hmm. all over the yep. place. You go to because Ustream, we have, we have paywalls to watch people, this. Yeah. yeah, you go to Ustream, Hotline League is there. You know, you got yeah. you go to uh, some crazy Chinese streaming service, Hotline League is there. You know, it's just yeah. it's it's hard. The Doyu numbers are insane for yeah. Hotline League. Yeah, Chinese people they love us. Yeah. Let's move but, on. Uh, but, but the point is, it's it's like it's hard to say what's even happening for me. Like I hear these things and I'm like, well, think about like what the new users would even look like for those. Like they're not buying cable packages to watch anymore. Cable so is how, the fucking worst thing. Yeah, cable. Maybe cable's on the dying. Planet. Forget yeah. sports dying. Sports was always delivered by cable, and now that's dying. So like, is yeah. it the medium or the the, the content? Esports was a mistake. Irish Blizzard. Irish Blizzard. Uh, do you have anything else that you would change? We went down a, a crazy tangent, but do you have anything else that you, you want to bring up or th- any thoughts? Well, I think, I think the internet. Irish Blizzard, thank you Hello? so much for. Co- Hello? Hello? Hi. <laughs> hey, here back. Did you fall asleep? I put the input the opposite way, so it was actually really low instead of really high. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. Cornell student, by the way. Uh, what do you have anything else that you want to add here at the end? Um, I I also wanted to know in like I in my argument about the, how it kind of competitive integrity of I guess specifically League of Legends in that the changing um, patches also change um, how well players can perform in each meta. Like specifically this past spring, with I think TL got really lucky with the fact that. The meta moved away from top lane completely and impacts weaknesses in lane weren't able to be exploited. So I think that kind of hurts the competitive integrity and longevity of esports sometimes. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know if it's a competitive integrity issue, but I do think it is it is frustrating when you see a team that has done so well uh, struggle because a off meta patch comes out for them at the end of the split. And I know the argument is like, well, you know, um, they should just be prepared for that uh, for any any possible scenario. But if I told you that, like every five minutes like the floor was going to become lava and the players had to jump onto their desk and they couldn't keep up doing that and they lost like that is going that you know there's a lot of re you can't just constantly change the variables so much and there are only degrees to which you can you can change them and expect people to be able to adapt yeah and i also think like it's not so much a competitive integrity problem so much as it just like once again makes it hard for viewers to track like what's going on in a player's career where it's like in sports, if a player has a bad season, it's like, oh, they were slumping or something. But sometimes, like you said, like a meta just changes. And if you're not keeping up on what the changes were, you don't know why this team started sucking. Because, you know, they're, like the game actually changed. Whereas like in, in basketball, if people go through a slump, maybe a, a player got injured or something. I think it's a lot more, it's a lot easier to identify what's going on within team dynamics when the game stays the same, but when the game is changing and the team is going through all these phases and stuff, like I think it becomes very hard for the casual fan to understand exactly what is like the cause and effect happening. Yeah. Thoughts, Kelby? Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Good to hear. I just, I wish you said you agree more often when we're talking. I hate when Kelby agrees. Irish Blizzard. Thank you so much uh, for calling on the show. Um, I hope Cornell upgrades their internet. I do really like Ithaca. It's a great place. Um, and <laughs> uh, I appreciate you calling in. Thanks so much. And thanks for being a Twitch sub. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. All right. Well, I think that is the show. Um, Travis, again, why did you go to college? Me? Yeah. Well, I don't like to flaunt. Um, <laughs> if you, if anybody's watching right now on the Twitch stream, where did you go to college? I went to Pacific Lutheran University. That's cool. God H bless. Hang out on stream because I'm not. I'm not gonna just keep watching everybody. But let's go down and say the the goodbyes. Mark, uh, do you have any shoutouts? Yeah, don't keep watching. Go to Zell's channel. I think Kelby, I'm play, do you have any shoutouts? I think I'm gonna any play uh, Neverwinter. The MMO. Any, anything you want to say? I think we're gonna play that for some reason because we're bored out of our minds. Kelby. Uh, I just wanted to say that the chain smokers have a subreddit. Now you guys can all go and subscribe to the chain smokers subreddit. I think it's, uh, how long until you get banned on that? It's yeah, I was the say, there underscore. So here's a funny story. The underscore that, chain smokers. Yeah. Yeah. This subreddit was actually private for a really, really long period of time. Uh, like it was not an open community but I knew that it existed and I used to always message the mods of the subreddit, uh, to try and like, uh, you know, get access to it or whatever. I don't know what they were using it for or why it was private or even if I had anything on it, but I used to always message the mods to try and get access to it. I did that for like probably a year and a half or two years where I would message the mods like every like four months to try and get access to it. And then I just found that it was open publicly available one day. There's like nobody on there, but they post on there all the time, apparently. So that's cool. Maybe they'll start making EDM again. You mean the actual, the artist will post on there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, you got to, you got to tell them. Yeah, I want them to do an EMA. 
I want mm-hmm. them to do an AMA, and then I need them to. I need Kelby to be the top. We need to vote brigade the shit out of uh, Kelby's. We need to get. We need to get the. We need to get the AMA to take place while we're doing the show, or we will strategically move Hotline League to the same time as the AMA, and then we will we will uh, fl- use our our massive Twitch audience to vote brigade the shit out of uh, Kelby's top comments, and it'll just be like. You guys blocked me because of this and this. Like, can I get unblocked? Yeah. And also, do you feel like it's justified the way that you blocked me? Yeah, yeah. Your fucking social media intern blocked the biggest fan of your group. Uh, or just La- longest promoter. Or we'll just I'm have entitled all the, to hate all, you. The whole because at one point I loved you. Hotline League. I didn't every, hate them. Everyone could just spam the AMA with like, "Hey, Kelby's your biggest fan. Look at all these instances of him shouting you out on." The most prolific esports show out there, Hotline League. You, you want to hear a really funny story? No. Is that when? So when they blocked me, I'm going to continue anyways, Mark. When they blocked me, I went back through my Twitter history. I think I maybe told you about this, Travis. I went back through my Twitter history and I recorded every single tweet I'd ever made about the chain smokers that was positive and tallied up all the impressions and engagement I'd gotten for it. And then tallied up the one negative tweet that I made, which was not even like very negative and the impressions against it and was going to like post this big thing about how like, I think it's really fucking funny that I promoted you guys for this long and giving you guys this much exposure. And then I get blocked for one fucking tweet. But I never did it. I just you know what, Kelby? That's, this is what I would say if I was them. I'd be like, you gave us those impressions. We gave you those impressions, bitch. You'd be a fucking nobody if you didn't tweet about us. That's, yeah, that's true. People cared people about you. I was tweeting about fingers. the chain smokers before they were anything. When they were yeah. small potatoes. Yeah, and how many impressions did those get? Huh? They built you, Kelby. You stand on the shoulders of the chain smokers. By the way, from 2013 to tw- I think not I'm only to 2016. No, no, you're good. Yeah, 2016. Not only. Not only did you, not only did you offend the chain smokers in 2016, you offended Hit Streak in 2018. It was 2017. Says, Whoa! Assuming social media people are interns, I feel targeted. Uh, for the for the chain smokers record label, the dudes who are handling their account, yeah, they're probably not like you know, they're probably kids. Additionally, we've got an end for you, Kelby. Denny Nukes, who is a sub, I don't know much else about him, but he's in he's in the chat. He also has Twitch from. He says, "I know a girl who slept with one of the chain smokers." <laughs> so we get Denny. Just hit up Denny Nukes. He'll get you the girl. Girl will get you the chain smokers, and uh, we can resolve everything uh, via that method. I think. Do you Perfect. really think that girl is like still in contact? Absolutely not. She got ghosted the next day. If I know my boys, and I do know my boys, <laughs> they blocked her on Twitter. Kidding, any man, that's not acceptable any man at all behavior. I'm not encouraging that sort of interaction. If you're in that sort of relationship and you're open to it, that's totally fine, you know. But I'm not saying that you should disrespect anybody or hey, Jesus. all of the things. Everyone, everyone came out ahead. She got a story. Okay, uh, she Denny Nuke says she has a Snapchat. Of him, like his his personal Snapchat. Okay. Does never mind. That's how <laughs> that's how Yuli met me. Um, Joker can't spell. Says I know their creative director. Kelby's met him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If he's talking about uh, Zola. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. We'll do. For me, I'm gonna stick around. 
Uh, there's a video up on my channel talking about MSI. I am flying in 36 hours, roughly, I think, to Berlin, where I will be working with Broden to create uh, MSI content. I do not think that the next episode of the show will be happening on a Monday because um, we will, it's, it, there'll be games and all this stuff happening, and I'll be covering it and I'll be sleeping. I, I don't know, but we, I will try to do a Hotline League next week with Mark. Um, can't make any promises about what that looks like, but hopefully it works out great. And uh, you guys can check that out. YouTube uh, is there. If you guys want to help, I'm trying to raise funds for MSI. It's over at travisgafford.com slash support and patreon.com slash travisgafford. I don't have a sponsor. Um, it's going to be expensive. So any support there is appreciated. Uh, but if you are a college student, please uh, do not worry about Yeah, and, and until that, that content gets out there, you can go and watch my ASMR. You can watch my ASMR video to, you know, just really pass the time. It's great. I put a lot of effort into it. Hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah. Brittany? Did you watch my, my ASMR video, Kelby? What are you laughing at this time? Kelby doesn't care about me. No, I did watch. Oh, she's still watching the same YouTube channel. I watched the ASMR video for like 30 seconds, skipping through it and realized that you were just trolling. Not did that you, I care about ASMR. It took you 30 farting. seconds to figure out he was trolling? <laughs> did, you, did you see my leg farts? I was just wondering if he didn't troll at some point. Uh, no, I didn't see your leg farts. It was, they were impressive, actually. This has been Hotline League, episode 26.